John Ortberg writes, there's a little volume called The All Better Book in which elementary school children try to solve some of the world's naughtiest problems. What do you do about the ozone layer? How to help people stop smoking? He says, here's the toughest question. With billions of people in the world, someone should be able to figure out a system where no one is lonely. What do you suggest? So here's the response of Kalani. She's age eight. People should find lonely people and ask their name and address. Then ask people who aren't lonely their name and address. When you have an even amount of each, assign lonely and not lonely people together in a newspaper. That is amazing. I like what Mother Teresa writes. She says, Loneliness is the leprosy of modern society. Wow. There's no pain like the pain of loneliness, especially if that loneliness is the result of rejection. Let me illustrate in a number of ways. When I was in fifth grade, I think I've told you before, our family moved to Michigan. Five kids, mom and dad. Um, dad was a distinguished visiting professor at Michigan State University. New home, new place, new kid on the block. Not talking about the singing group. Seeing if you're awake. <laughs> Not awake. Um, and if you've ever moved, maybe your family moved. Maybe your family moved a lot. Maybe you know what it's like to move to a new place and be in the new person. We felt like we were on the outside. We felt like we didn't fit in. And it was easy just to sit in the corner and try to disappear. Again, John Ortberg writes, there are very few joys in life, like being wanted and chosen and embraced. There are few pains like being excluded, rejected, and left out. We're in a sermon series called As Is. We started that last week. As Is means there might be some stain. There might be some damage. There might, uh, something's not right. Something's not normal. So in many cases, you don't even see the as is problem. You, you can't even see the flaw. You can't even see the blemish. But you know that there's some kind of damage. You, you know the clothing that you bought has some kind of as-is flaw. You know the car that you bought. You know the house that you bought. And people are no different. We're all as-is. We're all damaged goods. We come here today with all of our as-is flaws, our physical flaws and complexion flaws and speech flaws and emotional flaws and relationship flaws. And we all have them. We all have them. We are all as is. And sometimes because of our as is tag and our flaws, we have tasted rejection. We know what it feels like to be on the outside, just like the person we're going to look at today in our text. Rejection comes in many shapes and sizes, and doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter what it looks like, we don't like it. Whether it's a credit application, you get rejected, a loan application, you get rejected, you apply to a school, a university, a college, and you get rejected, you want to be in a club or organization, and you get rejected, you want to be a part of a team, and you get rejected, no one likes being on the outside. So again, our text today deals with rejection regarding a relationship. Maybe you can relate, whether it was an attraction in middle school or high school or maybe a relationship in college or a relationship gone bad, a marriage that ended up in rejection and the pain of divorce, 
enters the picture. Many of y'all may have experienced that kind of pain. If you haven't experienced it directly, maybe you've got children that have. Maybe you've got parents that have. We would probably be shocked to know the number of people in our audience who've been affected in one way or another from the pain of divorce. Maybe you can feel the pain of the woman in our text today in John 4. Maybe you can relate to her as is tagged. It was very visible. The whole town knows. And the pain of isolation is beyond measure. So our text today is John chapter 4. And it says Jesus had to go through Samaria. It was just another ordinary day for Jesus and his disciples. Ordinary in the sense that they're traveling. Ordinary in the sense that they're tired from the journey. Ordinary in the sense that they're hungry. Ordinary in the sense that the disciples have gone into into town to get some food. But Jesus, Jesus had to go through Samaria. Maybe one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. Let me explain. Jesus had to go. It was necessary for Jesus to go. Now think about that. Jesus had to go through Samaria. He didn't have to go through Samaria, at least not geographically. I mean, if you look at the maps in the back of your Bible and you find Samaria, you didn't have to go through Samaria. You could go around Samaria, which is what most of the Jews did. They would go around Samaria. Why? Because Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. And the Jews gave the Samaritans their as-is tag. The Jews' tag were the chosen people. They gave the Samaritans their tag, their as-is tags. You're Samaritans. You are half-breeds. You are damaged goods. You are rejects. Who are the Samaritans? Well, they're Jews that married non-Jews. They're Jews that married the Assyrians. And so their as-is tag that was given to them was, well, you're half a Jew. You're a half-breed. And Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. Some of them even hated each other. Hated each other to the point that I'm not even going to walk through Samaria. I'm going to go around Samaria. Why? Because how dare you marry outside the faith? How, how, you, how dare you marry someone who's on the outside? How dare you marry the Assyrians? And yet Jesus had to go through Samaria. Interesting. Jesus, a Jew, had to go through Samaria. We keep reading. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from the journey, sat down by the well. It's about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, You're a Jew? And I'm a Samaritan woman? How can you ask me for a drink? Because Jews don't associate with Samaritans. Now, that explains the had to go through Samaria. That explains why Jesus had to go through Samaria. There's a woman with an as-is tag, and Jesus needed to see the woman with the as-is tag. I mean, think about all the barriers Jesus broke. Or some people would say, think of all the rules that Jesus broke because he had to go through Samaria. Again, he broke a geographical barrier because Jews didn't go through Samaria. He broke a nationality barrier because Jews don't associate with Samaritans. He broke a social barrier because men didn't talk to women in public. He broke a religious barrier because according to rabbinical precept, no man shall talk to a woman in public, not even his wife. And he broke a, uh, I'll say broke into, an as-is barrier by talking to this woman. We keep reading. 
Jesus told the woman, Go call your husband and come back. The woman responded, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you've just said is true. So we need to, we need to stop right here and spend some time on her as his tag. We need to spend some time explaining this. Remember, Jesus had to go through Samaria. Why? Because this woman has an as-is tag that's known by everyone in the town. Her as-is tag is visible. Here's her as-is tag. She's been married five times. She's been divorced five times. She's been rejected five times. She's been hurt five times. She's been gossiped about five times. She's been talked about in most circles at least five times and probably even religious circles. Imagine what the folks in town were saying. Imagine what the men in town were saying. Imagine what the women in town are saying. Or imagine what the religious folks are saying. Imagine what she's telling herself. Imagine the self-imposed rejection. Try to put yourself in her shoes. Try to feel her rejection. Try to feel her as-is tag. I mean, why else would she draw water outside the city? Because most of the women drew inside the city. But she was on the outside because of her as-is tag. Have you ever felt like you were on the outside? Have you ever been rejected? Ever felt this kind of pain? Ever felt alone? I mean, if you could just sit in a corner and hide, which is exactly what she's doing. She's outside the city, sitting in the corner, trying to hide from all of the talk divorced for some reason in the past we made divorce one of the major sins in the church don't get me wrong that's not my label that's a label the church has used that's the as is tag the church put on people for many years the church labeled them the church stuck the as-is tag on them as if the pain of divorce wasn't enough. Here's your as-is tag. And the church added to the pain. Try to put yourself in her shoes. Again, some of you have probably felt the sting from church people. Some of you have felt the sting because of divorce in your family in some way or another because the church has said, oh, you're, you're damaged good. I mean, this woman had quite a past, which is what most people wanted to focus on is her past. But Jesus had to go to Samaria because he wanted to focus on this woman's future. Jesus had to go through Samaria because of this woman and her as-is tag. It's kind of interesting, don't you think? Scripture never mentions the name of this woman. Almost as if to say... Your as-is tag's bad enough. Almost as if to say her name is not even important. Or maybe to say in God's wisdom and His grace, her name is not mentioned to protect the woman. The story goes on. Jesus said to the woman, will you give me a drink? Because if you knew who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked Him and He would have given you living water. The woman said, where can you get this living water? And Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. And 
The woman said to Jesus, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. And Jesus declared to her, I am he. One of the great I am statements in the Gospel of John. When Moses said, who do I tell them sent me? God said, I am. It's one of the great I am statements of the Bible. Jesus asked this woman, will you give me a drink? And she's shocked. She's shocked that a Jew is going to ask a Samaritan. She's shocked probably because a man is speaking to her in public. She's shocked because she's maybe thinking, great, great, another man who's hitting on me, as if five bad relationships aren't enough. Another man who wants to take advantage of me, and Jesus asked her to call her husband, and she's probably thinking, I don't know, who doesn't know about my five relationships? Does everybody know? I mean, here's a, here's a stranger that comes in and he knows everything about me. So my own town knows and the men and women in town know. Everybody seems to know. And this guy shows up. Not only have the Samaritans heard, now the Jews have heard. Wow. But check this out. In spite of her as is tag, she, she doesn't feel uncomfortable around Jesus. She feels completely comfortable around Jesus, which I always find interesting that the people society felt uncomfortable being around felt completely comfortable being around Jesus. Look what happens next. The woman left her jar and went back to the town and said to the people, come and see. A man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Come and see a man who knows everything about me. Come and see a man who knows my history. Come and see a man who knows my past. Come and see a man who knows my as-is tag. Come and see a man who accepts me anyway and accepts me as-is. And look what happens next. Look at the result of this encounter. They came out of the town and made their way towards Jesus. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. When she said, he told me everything I ever did. Jesus stayed two more days, and because of his words, many more became believers. Want to know where it all started? Jesus had to go through Samaria. It all started when Jesus accepted this woman as is. She'd been devalued. Devalued by the men in town, devalued by the women in town, devalued by the religious folks in town, devalued by just about everyone, and she meets Jesus, and Jesus gives her value. Wow. Maybe for the first time in her life, she feels totally accepted. I love this quote. The ability to assign value is one of the rarest and greatest gifts in the world. I, I, I just I feel compelled to go back to that divorced as is tag. We're not many years removed from society putting that as is tag on divorced people. We're not that many years removed from the church putting that as is tag on divorced people. In fact, I'm not sure we're removed. Because I know people who are divorced who aren't sure if they would be accepted here or in any church. It's not just us. Again, as if the pain of divorce is not enough, the church, for some reason, seems to insist upon putting that as-is tag on people. Shame on us. Shame on our history. Oh, I, I've got divorce in family, so I, I know 
what that feels like. Shame on us for devaluing divorced people. Again, Jesus takes a woman who's been devalued and he gives her value. Jesus takes a woman in the midst of rejection and he gives her reception. Jesus accepts a woman as is. Jesus takes a woman who's been married and divorced five times and she's living with a guy right now and he accepts her as is and he converts her into, changes her into as his. When I moved to Longview, Texas, um, it was my first full-time preaching position. I'd been in college ministry for 14 years, and I moved to town, and there was a church in town. I could slap an as-is tag on that kind of church, but I'm not going to do that. But the preacher was bad-mouthing me and bad-mouthing the church that I was working with and just bad-mouthing everything about us. So I went to see him, and I asked him, Have you ever worshipped at our church? No. Have you ever heard me preach a sermon? No. Have you ever heard a recorded sermon of mine? No. And then he blurts out and he said, Well, what do you think about the Samaritan woman? So in my deep theology, I responded and said, What? He said, What do you think about the Samaritan woman? And he said, she should have gone back and married her first husband. I said, what, what, what are you talking about? I told him, I find it interesting that you're asking her to do something that Jesus never asked her to do. Jesus never said, you, you need to go back to your first husband. But that story describes the theology of a lot of people, and that story describes the theology of a lot of churches. We're so ready to tell people how they need to follow Jesus that we forget to accept them as is. Here's what I find interesting in this story. I'll just read you my list. At no point does Jesus condemn her. At no point does Jesus mention divorce. At no point does he say, you need to go back to husband one, two, three, four, five. At no point does he draw any lines of fellowship. At no point does Jesus tell her how to live. At no point does he tell her to repent. At no point does Jesus tell her to change. At, and Jesus just accepts her as is and welcomes her and uses her and sends her into the town. And many believe because of her testimony, because Jesus accepts people as is, and then he changes them to use them as his. I, 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 don't, I don't get the labels. Following Jesus is not about labels. We're in a society now. We're in a culture now. We're in the United States right now. I could give you a lot of labels that we're slapping on each other. I'm not even going to go into all the political labels. Labels do nothing but isolate. Labels do nothing but polarize. And we don't need to do that. So let's make some applications. So how, how can we apply this lesson? Do you know anyone who feels rejected on the outside because of their as-is tag, because of their, fa their past, because they feel like damaged goods? Do you work with anyone who's hurting from their as-is tag or a relationship gone bad? Any friends or neighbors who are looking from the outside in? Here's application number one. We should welcome them as-is. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. Oh, your theology may want to slap a lot of labels on this woman and say, we can't use her in our church. But Jesus used her, and a lot of people came to Jesus because of her. We need to welcome people as is. Application number two, if you've 
if you've ever made someone feel unwelcome for whatever reason because of their as-is tag, stop and repent and be more like Jesus. Application number three, I really want you to hear this. So I don't know if everybody can say this, but I have the microphone. You are welcome here. You are welcome here as is. No matter what you've done, no matter how many times you've done it, no matter what your sin, no matter where you grew up, no matter where you grew up at church, you are welcome here. But I also want to remind you of what Scripture says. The good news is that Jesus accepts us as is, and He died for us as is, and He loves us as is. And while we were still sinners, when we were damaged goods, knowing we were as is, Jesus died for us, but He doesn't want us to stay as is. He wants to change us. He wants to transform us. He wants to change us from as is to as his. So here's what we read in Scripture. Therefore we were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in a new way of life. Our church believes in baptism and you might think, well, it's just a church thing. No, we get a new life because God's changing us from as is to as his. That's what baptism is all about. We get a new label. We become Christians. We become Christ followers, and that's really the only label that's important. Listen, folks, if Jesus can accept this woman as is and transform her into a missionary, imagine what he can do with your testimony. Imagine who he could send you to. Imagine what he can do in your life. A video we watched before the sermon, the march of the unqualified, the march of the as-is people in the Bible, the march of people like me and you. God accepts people as-is, and He wants to transform us into as-his. And to do that, you just need to surrender your life to Jesus. Let's stand and sing.